This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. What's up, Doc? Oh, you're a waskily wabbit. But you're not waskily enough. Yeah? That's a sick shooter. I just counted six shots. You've blown your load. It's so inappropriate. But that's uh that's action movie rewind. This is what we're gonna dive into today. Shoot 'em up from 2007 here on Mackie and Judd, one of our favorite segments every Friday, and uh, it's powered in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners for over a hundred years, based in Owatonna. Uh, in fact, since 1904, they've been helping business owners. You can find them on Twitter now at Federated INS. If you're looking for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics. You can go to their website, federatedinsurance.com, to find trusted resources, articles, and more information. And you can find contact information for your local marketing representatives. At Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Welcome to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! yippee mother Bravo, Mr. Bravo. Why are you trying to kill this woman? Something funny. Oh, I was just remembering a limerick. There once was a woman who was quite begat. She had three babies named Nat, Pat, and Tat. She said it was fun in the breeding, but found it was hell in the feeding when she saw there was no tit for tat. Uh, you have caused me no end of trouble. But now I shall return the favor. Tit for tat, right? You know why a gun is better than a wife? Hmm? Don't know. Put a silence on a gun. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Oh, dude. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind. Every Friday, we dive into action movies from the past few decades, and we do full-on, completely unnecessarily long deep dives into those movies. And gentlemen, uh, this was Declan Goff's choice from last week, a 2007 I don't know if classic is the right word based on the box office numbers, which we'll get to, but yep. shoot them up. Here's the summary. We'll do a summary. I'll give you some of the facts, and we'll dive into the various parts of this movie. After saving a newborn infant from assassins, carrot-crunching gunman Mr. Smith, played by Clive Owen, teams up with a prostitute named DQ to protect the baby from further attacks. With hitman Hertz, who's played by Paul Giamatti, hot on their trail, Smith and DQ uncover a dying senator's plot to harvest bone marrow from babies just like the one in their arms. 
67% on Rotten Tomatoes. A $39 million budget turned into $27 million at the box office. If you're a math major, you know that that's a loss of $12 that's million dollars at the box office. Bomb. Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti, and a bunch of other random actors in this one. And we'll start with Judd Zulgad. What was your main takeaway from Shoot 'em Up? My main takeaway from th- this film was that the stars, Giamatti and Clive, did this film because they thought it was going to make a ton so they could do good films. That's and they probably got paid a ton. And they probably, probably got, got paid. paid ton, yeah. b- but this is but you do if if you're a guy like um, Clive, you do this film with the purpose of then spinning this off into I'm going to go do like the theater now or something. <laughs> but I've got all of this cash in the bank from this film. Um, that was my main takeaway. It was thankfully very very short. <laughs> That's the only thing I have to say. Yeah, the about pace it. is quick. It was very it's short. Quick. I appreciated that. Um, the actors I I like. The film itself I found to be um, formulaic, I think, is the correct word. So here's the amazing thing. Roger Ebert actually gave this three and a half out of four stars and basically said, yeah, it's just like in your face for for an hour and a half. It's just like bang, 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 right? Literally. Uh, Declan, what was your main observation? Well, uh, I love Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is awesome. His one-liners throughout this entire course movie are, are, are great. And then Clive Owen with the damn carrot, always with the carrot, and finding ways to kill people with the carrot. There are multiple kills in this film because of a carrot, and I find that amazing. So it was, I thought, and I've, I've heard my, my buddies really like this movie, and I thought it would be perfect because it was quick, 90 minutes. I mean, if this was any one minute longer, yes, we would have probably blown our brains out, pun intended, that it would have been pretty bad, but I love that it was quick. It was action-packed. There was a ton of gun scenes, tons of kills. I liked it. I enjoyed the movie. Um, I'm just going to read you the plot, okay? Yeah. The, again here, this is the plot from Wikipedia. So my, I guess my main takeaway is this is one of the most WTF plots oh, yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. It doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. I know. And I also don't understand... The use of the carrot as like a gambit for for Clive Owen. But here's the I want you guys to just literally listen to how weird this plot is. Okay, Mr. Smith concludes that multiple women were all impregnated with one man's, uh, you know, making abilities. There you go. Yep. In order to give birth to matching bone marrow donors, including the baby he's protecting. Mr. Smith sees an article about Senator Rutledge, a Democratic presidential candidate who favors stricter gun laws. He deduces that the senator has cancer and requires a bone marrow transplant, which is why he had surrogates impregnated with his man things. And why Hertz and Hammerstein want the baby Oliver dead. If the infants die, the senator will not receive a transplant and would be unable to run for president. So two things here. Number one, this is basically a gun control debate movie yep. in the end. It's basically like it's a it's a it's a I don't know. It's an essay on gun control. Yep. And it's saying that we need to be careful, you know, letting guns rage out of control in the country. But also, if you're a high powered politician, the only way that you can possibly get a bone marrow transplant is to falsely impregnate women and like get the babies like. It doesn't make sense. I don't. I don't know why they did so many gymnastic moves. You're saying they reached just a little bit, just a bit, just a little bit. Um, 
My favorite part of this movie, however, was the opening scene. I yes. thought the, I thought the first like fifteen minutes of this movie were weird, but also just like the fact that like you mentioned the 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 kills with the carrot. Mister Smith punches a carrot through the back of a guy's head in the first like three minutes of the movie. Yeah, one of the more of the thirty action movies we have reviewed. That's one of the more unique kills I would say in the history of this segment. That was great. Um, but then like. He helps deliver a woman's baby while shooting the yeah. bad guys. In fact, the two scenes in this movie where he just like he's going to kill all these bad guys and keep doing what he's doing. He's delivering a baby while shooting bad guys. And then later on, he's getting it on with the prostitute yeah. while shooting, while shooting all the bad guys. Uh, and then he shot the umbilical cord in half, yes. too, which was quite the way to to make that happen. Um Favorite part of this movie, Judd Zolgad, besides oh. the end. Oh, boy. I, you, you still, uh, my favorite part of this film was probably the fact that that Giamatti was turned into a bad guy because he's ordinarily a good guy and that he did have some good lines. I mean, the guy's flat out one probably of my favorite actors. So that was probably... My favorite part. He's great. I love Paul Giamatti. He's, just, he's awesome. Because he's just good. And in that role, it, it was certainly a different role for him. That would probably be my favorite part. But if I never see a film again where bullets hit each other, I'll be happy. <laughs> like, you should never have a movie. They they should put those somewhere off in a bin way away from r- real films where you shoot a bullet and it hits another bullet yeah. and, like, changes trajectory or something. Like, right there, someone should say, stop the film. Guys, like, we've jumped the shark a yes, little bit Yes, we're here. not doing this. We're yeah. not doing it. But that's probably, it was probably his lines. There was there were too many things for me in this movie. Like, I'm all about suspending disbelief to a certain point. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are too many things in this movie. Like, I have, like, a full list of things here oh, that yeah. are just like, ugh, come on, you guys. This is, like, like no one like, no one's going to go down this path with you. Let's start with the fact that you have trained lethal assassins, dozens of them, all right? And they're all chasing after a pregnant woman to start the movie. You're telling me a group of, let's just say 10, let's say it was 10 assassins off the top of this movie with more in tow if needed, that they have trouble (laughs) killing a pregnant woman? Like, how did a pregnant woman outrun 10 assassins and then hide from the 10 assassins in this weird warehouse? It didn't make any sense to me. Um, and I would also argue too, that the fact that like Clive Owen had to carry a baby around for almost yeah. what was like two days or something and like yeah. protect the baby. It's like somebody had to put a stop to the plot of this movie before it saw the light of day. Oh my it God. is like my biggest takeaway is this is legitimately one of the dumbest action movies I've ever seen in my life. And I'm excited to grade it at the very but end. They, yeah. they, they, cle- they clearly thought to th- themselves that with the star power in that film, that they were going to make a ton. I know. Like they clearly but went Paul in Giamatti with. Paul uh, wasn't that big of a star at this point, was he? Yeah, but Clive probably was, right? Okay. And Clive they pro- they probably thought we are going to grow so much. And then a couple people saw the film and said, "Nah, you know what, buddy, you shouldn't go to that movie." They also like Paul Giamatti is great at the little like snarky liners. And if you guys, I don't know if you've seen the show Billions on Showtime. It's yep. an unbelievably great show. It's a cat and mouse show between. Uh, between a hedge, a billionaire hedge fund in, uh, leader, and Paul Giamatti is uh, an attorney, a U.S. attorney who's trying to take him down, and so he's he's great at like the little like snivelly one-liners, <laughs> but they tried to do too many of them in this movie too. The one line at the beginning where the uh, the the pregnant woman has delivered her baby and she has died through a not because she delivered a baby in a warehouse, but because like she got shot in the head by a bullet, 
And he runs up yep. the steps past the mom's dead body and goes and stops and goes, nice knockers. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, That's not even funny. Like, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. Um, okay, Declan, your favorite part of this movie. Yeah, I, the first 15 minutes are insane. It's it's the most action-packed 15 minutes we've ever had on Action Movie Rewind. Now, is it over-the-top and outrageous? Of course, there is a carrot going through someone's eye. There was a guy delivering a baby and then shooting the umbilical cord with his gun to also get the umbilical cord out. And I love the first 15 minutes. And I really think that even though, like, in general, this is a horrible film, it has, so it has guns, it has unnecessary killing, it has obnoxious killing. It has sex and killing, which is something we haven't dived into before in Action We Rewind. Like, this is the most aggressive, uh, what's the word I even I wrote down? The most, like, aggressive and probably most sexual tension we've ever had in an Action We Rewind before. But did we need, like, no. okay, did we need, did no. we need a prostitute wingman in, in this movie? Like, why is she a prostitute? Answer me that question. Why isn't she just like? Why isn't she just like an ex girlfriend or a cashier at the gas station that he happened to right. well, go by? Clearly, they have like, and they clearly have a previous relationship. Like, it's not like they <laughs> they, they, like, they just stumble upon each no, other in the to course find of the her. film. Yeah, like he knows who she is, and vice versa. So there's that. Yeah. Okay, I think we're gonna have more fun with this category. Your okay. least favorite part of this movie, go ahead, Judd Zolgan. Oh God, have I got notes? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I've got notes off this. Okay, the stupidest the stu- so there's a lot of stupid things. The stupidest thing to me was was when Clive Owen's character um near the end gets in the head-on collision yes. in his car with the with the van or or SUV. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. On purpose. And his windshield he has shot out his windshield so that when his car meets the other car head-on mm-hmm. He can fly out his windshield through the windshield of the car that he was after into the car and then completely coherently, because, of course, you wouldn't be knocked out at all, yep. pulls out his gun and sh- and shoots the bad guys. This, this is the most of all of the films that we've done, and we have seen the envelope in this area pushed on a weekly basis. This is the most completely implausible. Why didn't you just kill Clive Owen? I'll even admit it's more implausible than keeping a bus over 50 miles an hour. Yes, thank you. Over the course of a full day. It really is. It really is. Like there's all of these times where he would just clearly be killed and uh, they never do it. Or, or to your point, all of these trained hitmen can't hit him yeah. with a bullet. That's the thing. They were super lazy in the way that they filmed. Like, so Clive Owen is dodging bullets, right? But there is a bunch of scenes where. He's just literally out in the open running for, like, a doorway, and three assassins with assault rifles are just standing 10 feet from him, and they can't kill can't him. Can't kill him. It's, uh, it's amazing. All right, uh, other things on your list of least favorite things, Judd? Oh, let me see here. Let me see here. Oh, oh, thank you. The next one. After he assassinates the presidential candidate and jumps out of the plane, and they're falling through the air, jumping out of a jet plane, yep. shooting each other in the air. And here's my problem. The scene's not well shot. Like, it's so clear that they're not falling through the air. It's so clear that, that they're in some type of theater or something. <laughs> and they basically, it's like, if you're going to do this cartoon crap, sell it, right? Yeah. So it's implausible to start with, but at least make it look as real as possible. I want, I want the threat of a stuntman could die. Okay, I didn't even get that. Yeah. So those are my two 
but I mean, shooting through the air. And then again, he finally gets shot, but he doesn't get killed. Everybody else gets killed. Those are just two. Uh, Declan, your least favorite part of this movie. Uh, one of them. I thought you were going to say there is none. It's no, amazing. No, no, no. no. Uh, there's a few. And it goes to what Judd's saying, which is like, not even the budget, just how did you think this would be a good idea? So when the pregnant lady gets killed, is that not the fakest dead body that you like? That is a doll. Like the, the her her body with the bullet in the forehead. Like they could not. I know it's 2007 and we've come a long way from 13 years ago, let alone 30 years ago. They blew all their budget on Clive Owen. But probably, I love that it was happened. just like that is a clear dummy. Like that is as as clear as day. Like that's not even a dead body that you there's no makeup there. Like that is a dummy with a bullet in its head. And it makes it even weirder that uh, that dummy with the bullet in its head at one point was in the back of a car and Paul Giamatti uncomfortably fondles it. it. Yeah. To find out that she was lactating, though, so they know oh that the baby's God. been... Oh, it's up. It's very screwed up. It's, so it's, it's one of the most screwed up movies I've ever seen, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we reviewed it. I'm glad we did it. Um, the, the, my two least favorite parts of this movie, it's hard to get over because it's like the two main themes of the movie. Number one, the carrots. All right, so Mr. Smith is just eating an endless supply of giant carrots throughout this movie. He's running away from assassins. He's protecting a baby. Mm-hmm. He's he's like hiding in warehouses, and he's just like he's on the move the whole time. And he probably eats. I should have counted. He probably eats like ten carrots in this movie. Well, that's a good call. Yeah. Where is he keeping the carrots? Yeah, are they just like stashed away in his pants? Are they tucked away in the inner part of his jacket? So he's got he's got guns and ammo and a baby, and he's just got like ten carrots. It's just a weird thing to be like, can't you wait till tonight to eat carrots? Why do you have to have a carrot as you're as you're just like confronting Paul Giamatti? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add anything to the movie. It's just a, it's like they all got in a room. We're like, wow, this movie needs a little bit of a memorable hook. Uh, what are some ideas? What if he's basically like a murderous Bugs Bunny? bunny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, what if, and nobody said the rascally web. And nobody, it, it looks like in the vetting of this film, said no. Right? Like said that's a terrible. It's, it's this film weird. sucks. Let's not do this. Actually, film, you know, it's almost like no some, one said that. Someone tried to. You know, you ever? Uh, I've done this before. Where like you're in the middle of a radio show and somebody will text you like, I used, I used to play a game uh, when I was at the fan like ten years ago on the weekend show and somebody would text a code word of the day and need to sneak it into a an interview, right? It's almost like someone said, hey, all right, director of the movie, <laughs> you have to sneak in 10 carrots, 10 carrots, or uh, you don't get paid to do the movie or something. Uh, so I guess maybe that. The other thing was just, in general, the baby. Yeah. So, again, you have trained assassins, dozens and dozens of trained assassins. Why do they have so much trouble killing a baby that's being left just, like, out in the open sometimes? There was the one scene... Well, where the baby is sitting on a merry-go-round. Yes. And instead of just walking over from the van and grabbing the baby and leaving, they pull out, like, a rifle from long distance sniper. and try and shoot they, a sniper rifle to try and shoot the baby on the merry-go-round. And shoot a civilian who was, hey, look, a baby, and then blows up. And, right. then, and then, to me, the biggest signal of, of that scene, Clive Owen shoots the merry-go-round so that the baby starts to go around and around so they can't hit it. Correct. And the baby doesn't fall no, off. There nope. are no, there, no magic bullets, man. It's rule number one. I'll, I'll tell you what, dude. The baby was also protected because the prostitute did her job to get a bulletproof vest for the baby. If you remember that scene as well, too. Yes. So did the baby have so, a bulletproof vest? Yes. Bulletproof yeah. vest because she bought safe. it with her services. That um, I actually didn't mind. Yeah, also, uh, if you're looking for someone to take care of a baby, 
go to a brothel and give it to a prostitute. That's and, a, the, and an assassin. The lesson yes. in this movie. <laughs> um, all right. Other, other things of note in this movie. I can relate to Mr. Smith getting super mad when he's driving his car. Oh, and he gets super mad at the driver that's like weaving in and out of traffic without using a turn signal. Yes. I kind of thought of you when this happened. <laughs> I totally agree. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are just idiots and they're weaving in and out of traffic or they're not using the turn signal. Uh, you get what's coming to you. And that's what happened. He rode that guy off the road, presumably into a pole of some kind. God. But but does that drive you guys nuts, too? Oh, what are the things that drive you? Like, what are the things that would get you if there was no repercussions to do what he did to that driver in that movie, which is like run that guy off the road. I got one. It's when, and I think actually Chancey did did this when we can we stop a few months ago. But when you're at a stoplight, right? So there there's a line, and then there's the crosswalk. You know, like there's a line about a foot from the crosswalk. Like your car can go up to here. Well, there's this new phenomenon where people are now stopping multiple car lengths before that line, mm. and also on turn signals. And I, it's very small and it might be like, well, what's, what's the point? It drives me bonkers because you're then preventing and you're clogging, bottlenecking more traffic because you think you're being extra safe, being three car lengths away from the intersection. Yeah, I can't I'm stand it. And I would love to go in, somehow put that car in neutral and just push it forward if I had the strength I haven't seen and that the will. that much. What are, you, oh. what are you road rage about, Judd? Tailgaters. I don't mind tailgaters. People that, oh, here, here's a pandemic problem. S- Sunday driving has um, has m- moved into other days of the week, which drives me crazy. There are more absent-minded drivers now, let's say, on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. <laughs> and it's, and on Sundays, it's bad, but I'm, you're sort of like, okay, I sort of get, I, I get it. Um, but the people who have still been on the road to a large degree have been checked out, yeah. and so they're not paying. So they're swerving, or they're cutting you off at the white. Like, it, it's one thing if you're defensive and you're set for it, but the pandemic has meant less traffic, so it shouldn't mean worse driving. Yeah, it, it it's is not weird. rush hour. I'll give you another one. So it's sort of the opposite of people that don't use their turn signals. It's the people that on the freeway use their turn signal and slow down, not like to a stop, but they like let's say they're in the far left lane and they want to get over to the right. Instead of finding a hole in the flow of traffic and just like oh, signaling yeah. getting over, yep. it's the people that put their blinker on and sort of like keep looking over their shoulder and wait for someone to let them in. Just it's not how it. you do it. You got to find the opening. You're like a running back in that spot. You right. got to find the opening. Well, it depends on who, who you are. I don't care who Delvin you are. Delvin Cook, good at it. Adrian Peterson, impatient, might write up on, yeah, on somebody like, a little bit. Yep, yeah. exactly right. Um, That's a good what'd one, you guys man. think of the final sequence? Where Mr. Smith gets his fingers broken one by one by Paul Giamatti's character. And then goes and, and heats him up with bullets and shoots him yep. with his finger. I thought he it makes, was. Makes a handgun, yeah. literally? Yeah, I thought it was awful. Yeah, so he put he put the bullets between his broken fingers and stuck yeah. his hand in the fireplace to fire the bullets that way. I thought it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> that might be the most improbable part of the movie. And there's a, like, there's a ridiculous list of that I wrote down. Like, what is more ridiculous? The fact also that he, th- there's a scene in the beginning when he gets the baby and he's in the bathroom and he accidentally drops his gun in the toilet with a you know what in the toilet and he goes and he cleans the gun like he takes apart the whole gun and i got to imagine that guy who was trailing him who's like trying to get into the bathroom maybe like a minute behind him maybe a couple minutes he is able to take apart his whole gun clean the whole gun also leave the baby on a dirty disgusting bathroom floor correct 
It's That's one of the most a, ridiculous like, things like a, I've ever like seen. Like a Minnesota State Fair bathroom. It's not, his, it's not his kid, really. Oh. Well, but, I, I guess I I like babies. Like I, I I identify with babies. I think I I look at them as a more grown up version of me. So like I totally get it. But I I would never be able to leave a baby on the floor like that. Part of the issue is he didn't even know why he was protecting the baby until they got further into the movie. He was just like like I don't know. I'm just like why didn't he just initially take the baby to you know protective custody? He or said I can't. She, she she asked that. Yeah, she does. And he he's like I can't go to the police. It's I'm the Unabomber. How what he says how, it's never addressed again. Yeah, how about the scene in the airplane where he deducts that the presidential candidate is in on the gun scheme because there's dog hair from the dog yeah. in, in the guy's house? So ridiculous, dude. Could, why, why wasn't it just but it's like, his own dog? It's like he, why yeah. why did they why did they think that they were going to make a lot off this film when it was that lazy? That's what oh, I don't man. understand. Okay, I think we've we've opened a Pandora's box here, and I think we should I think we should ask the question. Because a lot of these movies that we're reviewing are going to, they're going to require us to suspend our disbelief and they're going to require us to go down these sort of fantastic paths of what is it about this movie that made it so far beyond, like for me and Judd anyways, suspending your disbelief? Like why were we unable to suspend our disbelief in this movie, but not in like some of the, like The Rock or whatever, some of the other movies that we've reviewed? Mine is very, very, very simple. If it's like a cartoon, I can't do it. This is why I said you cannot have bullets uh, changing their trajectory when they collide. That's a cartoon. Like you can't purposely shoot the, the thing, the um, the um, ride that the kid is on, and have it start to move, and have me be like, "Oh, cool idea." You couldn't do that, okay? So, my, so we shouldn't do like a Jim Carrey movie with you, the so mask my, or something. So, so mine is if it's cartoonish, I can't do it. Is there a lead actor that would have made this movie better if you would have subbed out? Let's say you sub out because I don't think Clive Owen was very good in this movie. He just I don't know. He I think he was checked made. out. Probably was. I think he's like hey, that's a nice payday. Like, imagine like if this movie was was Chuck Norris or something, no. or if not for me. I, I think Clive was personally. I think Clive was perfect for it. I think he was perfect for it. That's not saying much about Clive Owen though. It's not. This movie bombed at the box yes, office. It did. I don't. I don't really know if like I can't really put someone else in. Like who else could be in Clive Owen's shoes doing skydiving, uh, railing down a, a staircase while shooting people, doing it in the act? Tom, what about Tom Cruise? Maybe what if, Tommy. What, what if Tom Cruise? Could somebody who is more fun have d- done it and actually lighten the film up? Oh, that's a good okay. point. Because if it, yeah, I think he was serious, and this movie was not serious. Yeah, it should have been. It, it should have been, been tongue more tongue in cheek. It could have been because Paul Giamatti was tongue in cheek. He's yes. great. But I'm saying, is, is there a take your pick? An actor who who would have identified the role for what the role probably really was, which was just a shtick. What about Jason Statham? Probably works. Probably works. I think it would have been better. I think what, the movie would have been better. What about Kevin Hart? That's yeah. the type of thing that it would is have been. Is this movie better with Kevin Hart over Clive Owen? Actually, it is, yes. I think it probably is. Yes, because it's funnier. <laughs> it's stupid, but it's goofier. Can you guys guess how many total kills took place in this Ooh. movie according to moviebodycount.com? I'll technically go first. I, I was trying, actually, during the first 15 minutes, I started to like, I was like, okay, there's one, there's two, there's two. I was actually trying to keep count over the course, and obviously in that warehouse scene, I, I started to lose count. I would guess, well, there's 50 of them that he takes out in that one room because he hires 50 and he kills all of them. So I will say probably hmm. 170. It's my guess. Judd, you want to take a guess? It's probably less than that, but that's probably not. Uh, 120. 151. Oh. Okay. Total kills okay. in this movie. 150. Pretty good. Yeah, he had the most in that one particular scene. 
This is from the Wikipedia page. In 2016, Shoot 'Em Up made the list of 25 great action films that are 90 minutes or under, compiled by <laughs> denofgeek.com. That's great. Rotten Tomatoes ranked Shoot 'Em Up number 111 on its list of the 140 essential action movies to watch. We should actually look at that list. And see, I'm, I'm going to look at that I, list. That did play a small part in this pick of this movie. I'll be honest. That it, what it was that on it was the on list? the one fifth that it was that made the list. Yeah, it did play a part of it on the ninety minutes and under list. Yes, a ninety oh, minutes so you under. You found that list. Yes, I did. So I found the list and I wrote down. I wrote down a few um, that I was trying to pick for last week. And this, I was like, you know what? Shoot 'em up. I've heard of shoot 'em up. It's got guns. It's got a lot of stuff in it. It's shorter. <laughs> I love Declan's criteria correct. for these movies. Is like it's got guns. It's got guns. They kill people. There's a naked prostitute. There's a naked in this prostitute. Movie. Um, any other observations before we get to definitive bad guy rankings from you guys? I got one. So mm-hmm. if, if Clive Owen has the carrot, right? Like he walks around with a carrot and I wrote this down. If you could have one vegetable with you at all times to like snack on, not kill people with, cause like I'm not going to go down that road, mm-hmm. but what would be one vegetable that you would always have on you in your back pocket or so unlimited you, supply? So you have to choose a vegetable. And it has to be a vegetable. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm a big celery guy. I would totally have celery with me at all times. I love celery. Do I get peanut butter or something to dip the vegetable, like to dip the celery in? It's a little over the top, but if you want, yes. Like, Not really. I, I would do carrot if I could also dip it if in you had like, like ranch or ranch something. hummus or something. Okay. What about you, Judd? One vegetable. Are you a big vegetable guy in general? Do, oh, fr- sure. do French fries count as a vegetable? No, they do not. Actually, you know what? If I was in this film, avocado, which I believe is a v- vegetable, correct? Yeah, it counts. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Or is it a fruit? I think it's a vegetable. We're going to count it because as a vegetable. It, it's vegetable. If it is, then I like them, and I also Ooh, have the specialized fruit. knife. It's a fruit. By which, oh, it's a fruit? Yeah, gone. by Google, which doesn't Celery, matter. no, because I, I would need too much floss for that. Okay, what if celery they, gets stuck in your teeth too much? What if they remade this movie with a funnier lead actor and a Kevin different Hart. vegetable? All right, if it was Kevin Hart and heads of lettuce, it's just like <laughs> nine different times he's just like pulling out a head of lettuce and eating it during moments of tension. Would it have been a better movie with Kevin Hart and heads of lettuce? I, I say yes. I think it probably would have. <laughs> You're right that if it, if there was like a funny gene to this, like because they try to make it very serious and it's like the scenes are laughable serious, yeah. and the scenes are laughable. Movie. So if they made it funny. Like, you know, I, like Shaun of the Dead. I'm starting to think of other like yeah, gory. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead was great. Or even like Zombieland. Like Zombieland's yeah. a good movie that's also pretty funny. Yeah. Like if they did something like that, it could work. Think about this too. So they spent th- $39 million is like it's it's certainly not like a Star Wars budget, but $39 million is not a trivial budget. Like no. you can get a couple big actors and stuff. And so they clearly thought going into this movie, all right, we're going to get Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti, and we're going to spend $40 million in budget. They were probably thinking multiple like, like sequels. Oh, yeah. They probably thought this is going to be a series. Yes. Let's hope that it does well out of the game. Because he can go around saving a lot mm-hmm. of things. And if it was sort of funny and it had more of a personality to it and it wasn't so dark and weird, yep. I think it works. Do you guys Do you guys think that ultimately Clive Owen ever read the script? Or, <laughs> or did his agents get the script and basically said, it's a really good payday. It's 15 you, million, You bro. can go to Macbeth now <laughs> yeah. and, you know, some some art house film do this film. Hard a guy to understand, too. I don't think he Clive was, Owen read the script. No. Yes, he, he he's, is hard. He's difficult to understand. Yeah. I, it took me a couple of scenes like, what did he say? And yeah. I where he yeah. Said but I, I honestly don't think that he really identified with the script. I think he got there and was just like, okay, cool. Let's go. 
Yeah, and then at the end, uh, your fingers are going to get shot okay. up. So just kind of practice holding a gun weird. Like it's a weird thing to accept. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the my, role itself. I, I think money was probably the driving force here. Probably. All right. So definitive bad guy rankings. We have, to this point, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, Cobra Kai from Karate Kid, Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon, and Yvonne Drago from Rocky Four are the top six bad guys that we have reviewed. At the bottom of the list, the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, the muggers from Death Wish, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, Sloan from Wanted. What general region would you put? I thought I actually thought this Paul Giamatti's character was a pretty good villain in he this movie. He was a very good I, villain. He's he was, probably the highlight of the movie. He's, I agree he's conniving as hell, and he's an awful person. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he belongs towards the bottom or bottom third. He's, I, he's probably closer to midway point. I don't, yeah. I'm not going to put him above Ivan Drago. Let's keep going on the list here. Uh, Russian mobsters from John Wick. Dennis Hopper from Speed. Bodie from Point Break. Dom from Fast and the Furious. Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2. I think he's above Lord he's Humongous. He's above Lord Humongous. I, I personally, because even though Dom's a more iconic film and movie character, Paul Giamatti's role in this is like much more conniving and on brand with a bad guy. Personally, but, yeah, but the, the, the iconic factor goes to Dom. I, I put him right behind Dom. Okay, I, that, that, I would go yeah. above. I put but him I'm, right I can, behind Dom. I, I can live with it. He was it. he was not the problem with this film. He's eleventh now. He's the eleventh. That's fair. Uh, okay. Ranked bad guy out of thirty. Like, out of thirty. Okay, yeah, that's totally fine. Okay, that's totally fine. All right, one through ten ranking system here. Shoot them up. So the top movies we reviewed: Die Hard is the only ten across the board. Taken comes in at a nine point five. John Wick, 9.3. Commando, 9.2. Those are the only four movies above a 9. At the bottom of the list, we have Bloodsport at a 3. Mad Max 2 at a 3.7. Wanted at a 3.8. Rambo 3 at a 4. And Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at a 4.7. Judd Zolgad, you seem to love this movie this so has much. To, this, this, we have to leave this studio today with this film being last a 0. A 0? A 0? It's a 0. It was awful. It's a, it has to be last. We've got to get this to last. What are the main things that make it a zero ahead of like Mad Max 2 or Rambo 3 or oh, like you hated so Bloodsport too? I did hate Bloodsport, but this the writing in this film, I'm not going to give them a one based on the fact that, that they <laughs> that they that they didn't they didn't give the people that that wrote this film and directed it and produced it did did not give it one second of thought. It's it's hard to disagree. They were it's greedy. So hard to disagree. They were greedy. They paid. I mean, they paid two guys that are really probably really good actors, and then they crapped on them. Um, and they tried. Like I don't. Bl- I do not blame the actors. I don't. Like I'm not Dude, sitting here actually, being like Giamatti no show that film right. I actually I look at Paul Giamatti after watching this he movie tried. and think, Dude, that guy can act, man. Yes, like that, he's, really he's that good. good. It's he's it's almost good. like an improv class or something where they say, "All right, so uh, it's going to be a ten minute scene, and uh, one of you can't talk, and the other one can only right. ta- can only talk about celery for ten minutes. Go You're entertain right. the audience. You're a thousand percent right. right. And Paul Giamatti's like, let's do it. But the overall let's grab it, let's fondle a dead body. The overall <laughs> art of this film was so off the charts bad that I'm going to give him a yeah. zero. And there and there wasn't enough like there wasn't enough of a corniness factor to save it too. Like you could look at Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and say, all right, there's a lot of bad stuff in here. But ultimately, like it was a little bit tongue in cheek at times and stuff, and it was a little bit self aware. 
I don't think this movie was very self-aware. I'll give my rating in a second, though. Declan. It's a six and a half. What? Because it's ridiculous. It's over the top. There's killing. There's sex involved. There is blood involved. There is ridiculous carrots being used to kill people involved. There's a guy who shoots a bullet to kill or to, to get rid of the umbilical cord. He delivers a baby. There's a skydiving scene. Ooh. There's a guy flying through a windshield. I th- and I know clearly there is a disconnect. I believe what I want the action movie rewinds to be, and I think what you guys are, and that's fine. But I think this fits all those builds, so it's a six and a half for me. It's a crappy movie. I'm not denying that, but I really think it fits and hits all the nuts and bolts we're trying to look for. That's that's my reasoning. You're missing a few important categories. Okay, you're missing a category I think that we haven't talked about a lot, which is. How popular and relevant is the movie? And so that's that's one category. And this one bombed so bad at the box office that like I had actually never heard of this movie as, as someone who goes to a ton of movies mm-hmm. and went I went to like probably eight or ten movies in two thousand seven. I am legend was oh, one movie. of them. Oh. Um what was the Daniel Day Lewis one? The There Will Be there Blood, will be blood I think movie. it was two thousand seven. Like there's a bunch of great movies. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like there's a there's a certain I will say, like, to break the fourth wall on this segment, yes. we have an obligation on this on this segment every week to bring movies to the table that at least, like, a huge percentage of our audience, like, either saw or loved mm-hmm. in one way or the other. And this movie, because it wasn't that, this movie started off behind the eight ball for me in my rating system. And so I, there, there's been some hidden gems in here. Like, I had never seen... Um, the Chuck Norris movie, for one, like that's not like a super household movie name. But then, like, it's got Chuck Norris starring, and he's an icon. Yeah, and um, and it's got like that '80s feel. It really represents the '80s. So, I, long rambling point. Longer. Mm-hmm. This movie started off behind the eight ball for me because I had never heard of it. It wasn't an iconic movie, and then I watched it, and it was like, <sighs> there's a ton of killing. So, there, like, it checks some of the boxes, like killing. Paul Giamatti is great. But ultimately, there were so many holes in the plot. There wasn't a charm to it. It wasn't like funny or tongue in cheek. It was just sort of weird. I'm giving it a two. So okay. Jug gives it a zero. I'm giving it a two. Eight out of three. Declan gives it a a, a six point five, and that brings the composite score to a two point eight, which go, makes it the worst movie that we. All right, good. We got it down. All right, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to make sure. So I think. Um, I think next week you guys are going to, whether you like this movie or not, or whether it holds up or not, I think you guys are going to find a lot of talking points off of this movie. We're pivoting to a horror movie for next week. Yeah. We have decided with Halloween coming up, and I think what we can do is like once a month, mm-hmm. we can we can switch up to something other than an action movie, and we can decide that. But for, for Halloween week next week, it makes sense to do a horror movie of some kind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to keep it simple for you guys. The original Halloween with Michael Myers is going to be our movie for okay. next week. The original Halloween. I don't know if I've seen Halloween. it. What? Really? I, I don't know if I've seen it. I've I, seen it. I've seen the, the original Friday the 13th. I don't know if I've seen Halloween. Oh, my God. Wow. Whoa. This will be great. Amazing addition. See, it's good. So Michael Myers, legendary killer, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee. Who never takes her top off, right? Correct. I don't think so. Because that that's the joke and scream. 
The girl that oh, does not take her top right. off does not die. Okay, oh, gotcha. If you take your top off, you I thought die. you were just bringing random facts to the table. No, that, that's, in, like, well, okay. no that's in Scream, <laughs> which is another great horror flick, but it's also a comedy. So, uh, so, there, so there you have it. We are gonna we are gonna dive into our first horror movie for Action Movie Rewind <laughs> next week, Halloween. My God, do we really suck, or is this guy really that good? Come on, boys, he ain't out of the briar patch yet. Oh boy. Hey, who trains you? NSA Black Ops, CIA, the Army? Well, whoever. It seems you haven't lost your aim, champ. You think that's good? You should see me spell my name in the snow. <laughs> hey, you know, my boss here thinks that you're the Lone Ranger or something. But I believe I have a better idea about who you are. I found out how your wife and son were killed. My God, what a tragedy. Some guy walks into a burger joint. He starts shooting up the place. Oh, my God, what a shame that your wife and son were there having their chicken nuggets. What's the matter? You don't like that story?